Hey everyone, Aaron Stewart from the Little Black Couch coming to you on a Labor Day um, weekend, which is awesome. I uh, treat holidays like uh, Saturdays, so I like to come in and get some things done. Uh, a little more relaxed atmosphere. I slept in an hour and then come in and kind of hang out and get some things done here at the office. So um, I've been doing a lot of uh, cleaning. It was starting to feel a little claustrophobic in here, right? So you got to keep the got to keep the space open so the ideas can flow, right? So. A lot of uh, my friends are up at Offermind, up in uh, Boise, with uh, Steve Larson. So to all of you up there, hope you're enjoying it uh, very much. Um, on a holiday weekend, those things are tough, I think. But anyway, I wanted to jump in today, being it's a holiday and things, I've been thinking about some other stuff. Um, it's obviously a gorgeous day outside, so you want to get outside as quick as possible. Um, look, looks a little warm but you know nice a nice day so i wanted to jump in and talk a little bit about the art of reading and how it can help us in our business so let's uh, fire up the intro and we'll get Welcome back. So now it's not, the sun isn't setting here, but you know what? I guess we could just go back to the old, keep it consistent. We'll go back to the old desert. How's that work? Oh, that's not going to do it either. So fun. Here it goes. There it is. That's good. Keep it consistent. Don't want to confuse anybody. Um, so yeah, lovely day outside, obviously. And so uh, hopefully you are enjoying your, um, your holiday weekend. We are definitely um, going to enjoy it here as the Stuarts. I've got um, my son is actually uh, messaging me on Facebook. So he's a missionary right now. He gets home the 17th. So it's coming up really quickly and uh, it's going to be super fun to see him again after two years. But yeah, just messaging him, seeing how his week went. It's been uh, they've changed the rules a little bit so we can talk to them a little bit more than we used to be able to. Um, when I was a missionary, I actually served in Japan. Um, Konnichiwa. And um, it was it was awesome. I love Japan. I love the culture. I love everything about um, the country, the people, the whole thing. It was a great time. I loved serving there, but we I never spoke to my family one time in two years. And uh, my parents are going through a divorce, and so I'm the oldest of seven, so it was kind of an ugly time in our family history, but just that's the way we did it back then. So it's definitely evolved and changed. Uh, I guess with the, it would have been just too expensive frankly. So I'd send a letter and then, you know, hear back from family like a month later and have no idea what I wrote in my letter and, and what the answers to my questions were. It was just completely discombobulated and I really had no idea what was going on, but that's the way we did it. So it's kind of interesting to see how things have, uh, um, how things have kind of have worked out. So he just hit me up with another message. I'm going to keep going, right? So we're going to keep talking and going with it. Um, looks like we've got some folks that are trying to say hello. So let me see if I can bring those up really quickly. Ha ha ha. Um, yeah, let me see. 
That's image overlay. Apologize for this. The on. I really should do this uh, before we go, but I can't. I can't really see anything. So, um, anybody watching? Hey, I can't. I can't tell. So, um, well, it looks like yeah. All right. So, what I want to talk about today is reading in the art of entrepreneurship is an important one because, wow, the focus went out on the webcam. Um, is really important because that is how we generate new ideas and kind of keep things going. You, um, much, many of you who have listened to me in the past know that I am a big proponent of education. A lot of my doctorate research was on education, and I just believe that if you don't get anything out of education, then it's your own fault, right? I, I, don't, I don't believe that, um, that going to college is necessarily the only way you can learn, but I don't think it's a bad way. Do I think education, and especially at a university level, has, has gotten far too expensive? Absolutely. Do I think you have to go to an Ivy League school? No. Some of the dumbest people I know are graduates from Ivy League schools. So that doesn't mean anything. It's, it's the, actually, it's up to the individual. And I'm always, I always believe that you can get out of whatever school you put into it. So, and it's not necessarily the professors you have. I do think professors do make a difference. But even from the very worst professors, if you're not getting tons out of that class from a textbook or looking around and doing study on that uh, topic or talking to your fellow students or having study groups or all that, that's just on you, okay? And on, as an entrepreneur, that is a great opportunity to figure out how you learn, right? The best way to learn. And the more you learn and the more I learn, the better um, the chances are that I'm gonna come up and you're gonna come up with really creative solutions to very perplex and difficult problems. And that's why I say um, it's, it's not even up for discussion. The more topics and areas that you focus and you learn in and you go through, the better the opportunity for you to come up with unique solutions, right? There's just more hooks for ideas and thoughts to um, hang on to, and that will give you a huge advantage in the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial world because you'll be able to see things and, and see unique solutions to very unique and complex problems that weren't possible because you hadn't learned certain areas, right? So, and, and as far as reading and how I learn and how I think a lot of humans learn, it comes up to this idea that um, when you get into reading, there's different ways that you can read, and it really depends on what you're trying to get out of what you are reading. And a story I have with that is I, I went to UNLV for my undergrad work, and yeah, it's a crazy party school. It, I was there when UNLV won the national championship with, in basketball, which was completely fun. I have a lot of uh, really funny stories with some of the players on that team that are outrageous, and I'll save for another day, but... Um, but one class that I had was sociology. It was sociology 101, and the professor was pretty well-renowned. He'd been on campus for like 20 years, so he knew what he was doing. His ratings were pretty high, and uh, everybody that I talked to about taking this professor said, yeah, he's tough, but you're gonna learn a lot. And for, 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 you know, for me, that's like, okay, perfect. Yeah, I don't care if he's tough, and so I went into his class and kind of sat there, and it was a huge auditorium type class, and it was really steep, you know, one of those where you're almost looking straight down on the professor, and he's down there pontificating, telling us, you know, how hard his class is. It was actually quite brilliant. He's down there talking about, this is sociology, this is what we're gonna do, this is how hard it is, and um, if you think it's gonna be an easy C, you're wrong, you might wanna, you know, get out of Dodge because that's not gonna work for you. And uh, you could see the students in the class that really didn't know much about him start leaving, 
right? Just start hitting the exit. I mean, they were just boom, 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 leaving. And I was laughing inside because you could totally see what he was doing is he was thinning the herd, right? I mean, he knew he'd been doing this so long that he knew that the students that were looking for an easy C, he needed to scare away because the ones that show up at your office when the semester's about over begging for a grade higher or extra credit or whatever are the ones that are about to fail. And so he knew if he could scare them away right now, it was going to save him a great deal of time. And uh, he was scaring them away like something fierce. But he also said that he, grade on, he graded on a curve. And there's nothing I like to hear better as a student than a professor who's grading on a curve because that just means that you have to be slightly better than average and you're guaranteed to be. Right, I mean, that's like, that's an easy B if you're grading on the curve. And obviously the students that hit the, that hit the uh, road were either not aware of that or B work just seemed too difficult for them, right? Slightly above average, it was too difficult for them. Um, anyway, so he continued to talk and I'm listening and, and, he, and he's, it's funny, right? I mean, he was a bit proud of himself. He was a bit pompous that he'd been teaching this for such a long time that, and uh, towards the end of his introduction into the difficulty that is his course, he said something that caught my attention. He said that nobody in his 20 years had ever obtained 100% on one of his exams. And I'm like, oh, buddy, this just got real, right? This just got exciting because um, that was a throwdown. I mean, I, I love that kind of uh, competition. So, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is where your 20-year reign stops, buddy. You know, and we're going to go to work. And uh, so we, I did. I mean, I was so excited about taking this on. And fortunately, sociology is pretty interesting, especially for it, it was sociology 101. I had had really no experience in sociology. So it was all brand new information and totally that's fun, right? When you're diving into brand new information. And so I dove in and, and this sent me on a journey of trying to figure out how best uh, for me to read this textbook and take notes because his tests were based on not his in-class notes and um, all his in-class lectures so you never wanted to miss a lecture and also the textbook and every little part of the textbook and so i i'm studying like crazy right i'm doing flashcard i've got flashcards going on um this is before smartphones right so i've got flashcards with me in the car i'm just like this guy is going down and the sooner he goes down the better it is for me as far as i'm concerned the better it is so i start working on things uh, I start working on things like crazy, um, trying to get, yeah, just trying to get this uh, up and going. And I'm way excited about it. It's, um, it, it becomes a little game. So this first little, the first little uh, test we have, I get in there and I'm feeling super confident. And so I go to work and uh, we take the, we take the um, tests in class, which was rare. Most of the, most of the courses had a testing center, but he liked to do it in class and kind of keep an eye on everybody, which um, fine by me, that was more work for him, but you know, he wanted to keep his record clean. So we all went to work. And then, you know, the next day we, we have class, we come in, he gets in the front and he's like, hey, really good job on the test. Somebody came really close, but sorry, the highest score was 98%. And I'm like, oh, freak you know and it turned out to be my test and and uh, but then he also kind of shows them how the grading happens on the curve and I totally busted this curve so um, he was nice enough not to say who it was but um, he shot me a look so right now I know I've got the attention of the professor and he knows that I I'm on to him and I'm coming 
right? I'm coming full board. So it continues on throughout the entire semester. And I never do get 100% as we're going along, right? I'm like 98%, 99%. I'm just missing one or two every single test. And it is absolutely driving me crazy. But the cool thing about the process was I was starting to understand how I learn and how I read. And this was um, end of my freshman year at UNLV. So this was huge for me. To figure out how to learn early on in my college career was important. And so I just kept going. I kept learning and changing and evolving and figuring things out. And I will share those with you soon enough. But um, we get down, we had 12 tests. We get down to the last test. I have not, I have not uh, scored 100%. And it's now become kind of a game where he sort of builds up, you know, the announcing and then, sorry, nobody came close. And it was like, oh, you know, whatever. But um, he has kind of shared with people by coming and handing my test that I'm the one that keeps killing the curve. So I've got people that want to kill me in class. Um, I've got, including some of the UNLV, <laughs> UNLV basketball players. And uh, I've got um, him who has started to make the tests harder and harder each week. Because, right, he's here in footsteps. You know, somebody's taking this challenge on and is doing the best they can, but he's got me every single test. So the 11th test, he hands back, it's 98%, I'm like, brutal. Um, but the cool thing for me is I'd figured out within that last week how I need to study in order to retain it, in order to really learn it and retain it. And he's kind of a whack job because he even asks questions from like the illustrations in the book, like from the, the text underneath the illustrations. Like you even have to know those because he'll throw those in there. And he has no test bank. So he changes his tests every single unit and no test has ever been the same for the 20 years, which is brilliant. But now he's been in it 20 years. He has 20 test banks that he can pull from. So I'm sure it's not very hard for him to create new difficult tests, but he is asking tougher and tougher questions, right? So it's off his lectures and it's off the textbook and you've got to know both, right? So I'm taking feverish notes and reviewing them, and I'm reading the textbook like crazy. Now, the huge advantage at the end of the semester is, um, because most of my classes were in the testing center, I just went and took my finals and all those other classes early. But his final exam is always in class. And so I knew that I was going to have four solid days with no other classes so I could go down and just focus on studying this ridiculous sociology textbook and his ridiculous notes. So I went to work. I spent four nights from about 5 p.m. after work till like midnight, 1 a.m. And then I'd get up the next morning and I'd keep studying until I'd go to work and then I'd come back and do it again. And I did this for four solid days on just this unit and I had been reading every night before. And um, long story longer, <laughs> I went into class, I took the test. I was super confident. When I walked out of there, I was 99.9% .9 sure that I had gotten 100%. And if I didn't get 100%, there was just no way, right? I had to have gotten 100%. The problem was that was our last class period. I wasn't going to hear from him again. I wasn't going to see him again unless I bumped into, bumped into him at, at class. So I took the test and got all done. Uh, I, went, uh, I went to work actually and then came back that night. And I had a, a message on my answer machine. We didn't have voicemail or anything back then. I had an answer machine. And it was, a, it was a, a voice, not a voicemail, but it was a message from this professor telling me that I needed to come see him 
um, the next day in his office, and he told me his office hours, and I'm like, oh, crap. You know, I, I don't know what it's about. I'm thinking that he thinks I'm che I cheated. I'm pretty sure I got 100%, and I'm pretty sure he thinks I cheated, and I did not cheat. So I went in, so I went into his office, and it was kind of a small little office, and there was really nobody there. I mean, school's essentially done. And um, I go into his office, and he points to a chair and has me sit down. And he shakes his head, and he's looking at my tests, and he hands it to him, and he's like, congratulations. You were the first one to ever get 100% on one of my tests, and I, I didn't make it easy for you. And I'm just, you know, I'm like, oh, thank you and stuff. And he's like, I want to know how you did it. And um, I'm like, like, you think I cheated? And he's like, no, I don't think you cheated. I've got a history of all your tests, and you've been studying really hard. I just want to know how you got so much information that I threw at you and were able to um, absorb it and then regurgitate it out on this test. I want to know how you did it. So I basically sat down and explained to him how I had taught myself how to learn from his class. And he was fascinated just from a sociological standpoint um, how I learned to learn. And so we had a really cool discussion. At one point, he opened up his little fridge and handed me a Budweiser. I don't drink, so I told him I don't drink. And, uh, he, and he said uh, quite, quite um, hysterically, well, maybe that, you know, that's why. You, know, you, don't, you don't get drunk, so you have more time to study. And I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe, that, maybe that is a part of it. So yeah, I've never had a, a drink of alcohol in my life. I handed him back the beer, and, and he had water. So I had water. And we sat there and talked. It was really nice. Spent about an hour with him talking. He said congratulations. And he told me that from now on, he would say that, that he had one student. There's only been one student that's gotten 100% on one of his tests in his 20 years. And I thought, you know what? That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool legacy to walk out of there and, and know that, hey, you know, at least for this, th there was a degree of excellence that was accomplished here. Um, and I absolutely loved the process of figuring out how I learn. So let me sort of share that with you now. I see reading, reading happens in three different ways for me, okay? When there's just normal reading, and that's usually what I do for a novel or, or something that I'm just looking to get some enjoyment out of, and that's just exactly how everybody reads. I'll just sit down and open it up and just start reading, okay? I've gotten into audiobooks a little bit, and I'll explain why later, but this is just really for me to sit back and enjoy and let my imagination go wild, right? So I get to picture everything that's going on, the, you know, the, what the author explains, I get to create in my own head, and that's why I love to read novels and uh, especially like spy novels and action and stuff because I've got a wild imagination and usually I'll, I'll have these really cool wonderful experiences reading a book and then when I go to sleep I'll dream and it's like even more spectacular and so I love reading that way so that, that's just total fun enjoyment um, take my mind off what's going on and just totally just be engaged in something that's cool and fun and really it's cool to see how somebody else shares what they're trying to get across, that's super fun too. So I love that kind of reading and that is just general enjoyment reading. I think unfortunately there is a time and a season for that type of reading and a lot of us as entrepreneurs think that that's the only way to process books. And that is the least effective way to process a book as an entrepreneur. Okay, that's not gonna get the job done. Okay, so the second way to read, which I think is really helpful, and really good is to, as you read the book, you want to make sure that you're giving yourself time to stop and you want to make sure that you have a pad or something to write on. So I, I like to use my, um, my phone. There's a lot of people that like to read in books. I know that uh, 
Myron Golden shared with us that he likes to read through a book and then he, put post, he puts post-it notes down when he's reading of comments that he has and that's how he generates his content for his courses and his next books and all of that. I think that that's fantastic. My way is very similar. You just kind of go through and you are pulling out concepts and ideas that you like that mean something to you and you're marking those up and you're leaving notes in the app that I use I mark I can mark with highlights and then you can click and add a note and so then I'll add a note of what I was thinking um, and that keeps it really really clear for me what I like about that is I can export it when I'm done and then I have all my notes uh, with me about the book that I read and that is a situation where if you are looking to um, expand your mind to be more creative to understand what's interesting to you and what isn't interesting to you, then that is a great way to read. You can also buy audiobooks, and I love to buy audiobooks and let them and let them go ahead and read as I'm following along, right? And then I can pause and read it again myself, and you can and, and I just do that in my mind. I'll or I'll back them up and have them read again, and I'll just think about it if a passage catches my attention. I'll wrote it down. A lot of you that follow me will see that there's a lot of, I, I put out a lot of quote graphics and a lot of that comes from that type of reading where I'm going through and I'm, I'm trying to pull out concepts and ideas and things that are interesting and intriguing and caused me to think about something else that could be useful as an entrepreneur. Okay, so that's, that's the second type of reading. So reading with a pad or something to take notes with, take your ideas and concept, concepts that generate that this reading generates in your mind and write them down. And then when you get done with reading that book, you go back through your notes. I like to go actually through them after each chapter just to kind of keep them fresh. And that builds so you can prepare yourself for the next chapter of what the author is going to attempt to teach you or share with you. And these types of book are literally like, you know, the self-help books or when you get into any of the sciences, any STEM topics, things like that, where you're just trying to expand your understanding of certain aspects of, of truth to build your own expertise on top of those. So that's the kind of learning or reading that I use for that type of learning, okay? And then the final type of learning, this is something that I used to, to score that 100%. I will literally, I'm gonna take a drink. So for all of you students out there, or for anybody who wants to become an expert. So this type of reading is how you become an expert in a topic, how you become authoritative in a topic. Okay, this is how it's done. If you will take whatever it is you're reading, and again, if I go through something in reading tactic or strategy number two, and I love it, I mean, I think that like, like um, like uh, the neurosciences right now have got my mind just going, right? So if I read something and I find it to be completely fascinating and I know that I can completely geek out on that, well, if I'm going to geek out on something, I might as well become an expert in it. So the next step is to either take that book or take, the book, or take a book similar to that book that's on the same topic, maybe a little different in, say, the neurosciences in this case, and then I'm going to apply this strategy of reading, reading this strategy number three of reading to make sure that I, when I finish this book, I will be an expert on this topic. Okay, so this is how, this is how I do it. When I start reading a book in this regard, I will stand up. So you've got to have a standing desk or something that's comfortable for you. And you lay the book out in front of you standing 
and then you read the book out loud, slowly and out loud. You are engaging so many more of your senses this way. You are listening to yourself speak, which we all love to hear ourselves speak, okay? We are staying, we are staying so focused on the topic as we are reading out loud and going very slowly out, out loud and, if you can, loud. Read loudly, right, with emphasis. You will not believe how your mind can retain what you are reading to yourself out loudly. Take notes. Again, I think that that's great. Highlight. But if you find something that you love, that you think super important, you go back and you read it again loudly. But this time you read it as fast as you possibly can. Read it loud and read it fast. And watch how that sticks in your head. Okay. If you get done with something, your mind has just wandered off and it's just like thinking tons of stuff, awesome. Don't get frustrated. You are geeking out and you are learning. You are building. It's what they call in, in um, it's what we call, um, oh shoot, it's what we call, oh darn it, practice. It's called um, deliberate practice. Woo! It's what's called deliberate practice. When your mind goes off and starts really turning over a subject in your mind, it's deliberate practice. Your mind is... Your mind is so excited, it's trying to make sure that when you want that piece of information, it's available to you. Let it happen, okay? And if you want to go back and read it out loud again, then do it, and then read it again fast and loud. And you will be amazed at how awesome and how quickly your brain can start putting these things together, chunking these bits of information together. If you will do this through a whole book while you're taking notes, when you get done, you will understand that book like you never have before. It will stick with you. You will be building blocks, a foundation for the next chapters as you go through your notes and read your notes out loud to yourself. And make sure you're standing up. There's something about sitting down and relaxing in a comfortable chair that just makes a retention of what you're reading just not very good. So that's great if it's just, if you're, you know, party reading for fun, knock yourselves out. I, I love that kind of reading. But if you want to be an expert in whatever topic you're geeking out about, stand up, read it to yourself, read it out loud, the louder the better, um, so you don't want to bother the family. I tend to do that here in the office when I'm alone. And then if it's something really, really cool, read it again to yourself, but read it as fast as you possibly can. And if your mind starts wandering and geeking out on a topic, let it go. It's deliberate practice, you're building, um, you're essentially building neural pathways to make that information available to you down the road. And you're going to need those pathways when you continue this book and you're building upon that knowledge. So let it run. Let your mind run. It's being super efficient. It's just making sure that you're getting things done. Now, if you're wandering off into what you're going to eat next and whatever, yeah, start reading again and bring yourself back. But if it's on the topic and your mind is running, oh, just let it run. Just let that baby open it up and let it go, right? Um, anyway, so those are the three hacks. Those are the three, three, the three reading styles that I use in my life to get the most out of reading. Um, enjoyment, party, just relaxing and, and having fun, um, going through and trying to create, um, put creativity and ideas in your head to expand and let them go. That's another way of reading. And to really become an expert in a topic, it's out loud reading to yourself and staying really on, just staying really on point and reading it loud and hard at the end of it and fast. 
and that will keep it in your mind and you will be an expert on that topic when you get done with that book as much as, as, as you possibly can be. You will be able to talk about that topic from a very authoritative and knowledgeable place and, uh, and then everything else that you learn will start building on top of that and will create some wonderful, um, potentially wonderful solutions to complex problems. You will be able to learn and grow in a variety of different topics as you build on that one and where the next solution comes for a really cool business it's hard to say, but as long as we're learning like that, the opportunity is there. So that is it for today. Boy, that went a lot longer than I thought it would, but those are three strategies in reading that I think will be helpful to really anybody, especially us entrepreneurs who are trying to process as much information as possible so that we can change the world and make it a better place for all those around us, including ourselves. Um, I can promise you that if you use these three in the way they're meant to be used, that your reading will become much more effective, it will become much more enjoyable, and you will learn a ton more stuff that will be available to you in the future as you continue to solve the problems this world needs you to solve. So, till next time, Aaron Stewart from The Little Black Couch. Happy Labor Day. Do good and be well. I want to really thank you so much for joining me on your entrepreneurship journey. If there's anything you learned today or if there is a topic you would like me to discuss in the future, I would really love to hear from you. I do have a favor to ask. Would you please subscribe to our podcast or Facebook page and please like, share, and use the hashtag TheLittleBlackCouch. It would really help get this message out and hopefully help more people like us. Now let's get out and change the world together.